0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. My guest today is Jeff Hardison, who's the VP of Growth at Grain.co. Welcome, Jeff.
1: Hey, how you doing? Great I'm to doing be here. Doing good.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And you know, you're, a, you're a startup. And again, I was telling you before we recorded, I don't know how I came across Grain.co because it just launched, but I thought it was just such a cool uh, platform and tool for how we're working right now. And then with the Portland connection, because the the company was founded in the Bay Area, Bay Area, but you're here in Portland, I just wanted to have you on and, and learn more about it. So um, really thankful you've taken the time. And maybe the best way to start is tell us what it is. <laughs> and yeah. then a little bit about yourself <laughs> as
1: well. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Really, really glad to be on here. I um, was listening to some of the other interviews and there's just some amazing, amazing stories. Um, so, Again, my name is Jeff Hardison, and uh, I've lived in Portland since graduating college. Um, I've worked in tech marketing s- pretty much since graduating college. Uh, everybody from startups like Lytics um, to Reflect, which was acquired by Puppets a couple years ago, uh, to Meridian, which was acquired by Hewlett Packard Enterprise, um, as well as on the consulting side, which I did kind of the very beginning of my career, um, I worked with companies like Amazon.com. Almost exclusively for two years, you know, making the trip up in the train uh, up to Seattle and a bunch of companies down in the Bay Area, and um, you know, just really love working in marketing for technology companies. Um, about uh, a couple years ago, um, when my partner had um, one of our one of our children, um, I decided to try working from home, and um, I wanted to experience what it was like to do kind of remote work so I could be more of a presence partner as well as a father. Um, and I joined a company called Envision, which is, you know, several hundred people working from home around the world. They're kind of one of the main cases of remote work mm-hmm. before it was something we were all doing. Right. And um, learned so much from that company, not just about, um, you know, working a successful SaaS company, um, you know, they're, they're doing quite well, uh, but also how how to really work from home with others and make sure everybody's on the same page um, without the ability to like, just stop at someone's desk, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Without the ability to have some meeting where you sit in a conference room for hours to hash something out, you know, how do you communicate to people at scale? Um, And so we're to envision and now I'm with grain and um, grain lets you record, transcribe and share uh, highlight clips, video, highlight clips, um, of your Zoom calls. And so this enables you to kind of like share the best parts of calls versus making somebody suffer through an hour long Zoom recording, which, you know, we've all had to try to do. Right. Um, and what you basically do is you hit record in Zoom because we integrate with Zoom. And now you're pulling in that recording into the grain web app. And you can see a transcription there. You can highlight a section of the, the transcript to make a little clip. Hmm. And this clip might be, you know, a minute of something amazing that a customer said, or maybe it's you know two minutes of something very inspiring that a coworker said and you can right. then share that with coworkers. so for example let's say you're trying to make a case for you know a new feature um, with engineering you could share like three different quotes from three different customers about that feature and the need for it with mm-hmm. somebody and so you're really sharing the actual voice of the customer versus hearsay right um, the other main use case for grain is that a lot of productivity experts um, use it because you know they're working from home now with people around the world and they want to be able to take timestamp notes with our desktop app, mm. Notepad. And they can say like, okay, here was an action item that was mentioned at you know a minute 32 of this, of this call. I'm going to make a note of that. Um, and then I'm going to go back and watch the video there to get greater context.
0: So can you make that note in real time while you're doing the recording? Or is it kind of a post thing right now?
1: You can make it in real time while you're doing the recording. So we have a, a web app that houses all the, the recordings from zoom, mm-hmm. but we also have this notepad that will pop up during your calls when you hit record. And it allows you to take the notes during the call.
0: This is going to change my life, Jeff.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> tell me about the origin
0: story of the company. Was it born during sure. the pandemic? Or were they working on it? The co-founders because they're two brothers, I believe that the co-founders, um, before, you know, this all went down or, uh, what, yeah. what's the story?
1: So, you know, the two um, co-founders were in the Bay Area working for separate companies. They're actual brothers, uh, Jake and Mike. And um, Jake was working for Branch as one of the uh, initial employees, I think like employee three Mm. um, of that successful company. And uh, Mike was uh, co-founding a couple different startups, including Mission U, which was later sold to WeWork. Mm. And they were both experiencing, you know, what it was like to do remote work. Um, At the same time, they were reading about all kinds of uh, movements around like transparency and letting, you know, uh, the rest of your company, you know, all the employees see the meeting notes and to see the recordings for like internal meetings and make all that available to empower people. Mm -hmm. So there was kind of the remote work trend and then this transparency trend. Um, and they thought this is the tool we need to be able to do both remote work and and to uh, make a more empowering culture. Um, it just so happens it was before um, mm-hmm. the pandemic, and um, they were already seeing a tremendous amount of interest in the product from remote companies. You know some of the early adopters like Envision, but also um, you know people who were conducting customer interviews. These are product managers. These are UX researchers. A lot of us who. Want to get that voice of the customer to make decisions based on the customer versus like my gut instinct, right? right. So that was already a trend. Is these product people um, that were, that were using it and us researchers, and then you know the pandemic happened, and then we were all working from home, and we all had to try to figure out a way a way to make Zoom recordings um, and Zoom experiences more productive.
0: So I mean, for my personal use case, you know, I do a lot of podcasting on Zoom. So I'm gonna, I actually don't have the tool yet. I, I know it just launched. Uh, it's going to be great for me because it transcribes the tat, I mean, the interview. Is that right? Absolutely. Cool. Um, so it just launched again like a week or two ago. It, is that right?
1: Last week. Last week as it happens.
0: And I want to dig into your role a little bit. Uh, for the folks that you are a startup veteran, it sounds like, talk about what does a VP of growth do? You know, it encompasses not just marketing there's a lot of other things about because um, for folks who maybe have never worked in startup land or are just interested uh, what the role in- entails'd love for you to talk about that a little bit
1: yeah um, it's such a good question I could probably talk for hours about okay. this and I'm still trying to figure out what <laughs> <That's true. laughs> marketing grow to yeah. um, but I it depends on the the company right and it depends on the size of the company so you know as I mentioned I've worked for you know very small startups where I was like the fifth employee mm-hmm. to uh, very large companies like Hewlett Packard enterprise, where I was like one of 200,000 employees. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you are in the life cycle of a company, um, you'll do different things in marketing. Okay. When you're in a small startup like grain, um, part of your job is to do what's called product marketing. And that is to talk to customers, talk to stakeholders, Um, look at the data to see how people are behaving with the app. Like, are they actually using that transcription function in Grain? Are they sharing, you know, bits of the transcript and and creating these video clips and sharing those out? Hmm. Are people engaging with those clips? Like looking at that behavioral data, as well as the qualitative data of talking to folks. And then based on that, you help give feedback to the rest of the company, whether it's product management or it's the leadership team. Um, this is what we're hearing from the customer. This is what we're seeing them do. And we believe that this should help influence the direction of the company. Hmm. And this really helps focus a startup because it's very easy as a startup to kind of just go chase different things and constantly pivoting as they say, and like, oh, here's a shiny thing. Oh, here's a shiny (laughs) thing. And the voice of the customer, that customer data really can help focus a company. So that's one thing. Uh, Second, you help take a lot of that customer data to um, as well as kind of the, the voice of the founders of the company to create, what we would say is like messaging and positioning Mm -hmm. for the company like who should we focus on like which kind of customer is it product managers is it these productivity people is it you know marketers who are sharing tweets of these videos like where where do we think we can get the greatest uh, adoption immediately and where the product is uh, really geared towards right now and then what are the chief benefits of the product um, for this cohort right and so you use that messaging in the, on the website. You use it in the product. Um, you use it in emails you send to customers to encourage them to try out different features and so forth. So that's that's one thing. The second thing is you just try to help the company grow. Right. So there's all kinds of things you can do um, as a startup to grow your user base. So one of the things we just did last week is we did a product launch, and so um, you know we went on to Product Hunt, which is a popular place to launch a product, and. Um, you know, we posted on there and we had a video, which we had to make in marketing. And um, we uh, told our customers about it. And our customers went, um, you know, these early adopters of the product went onto to product Hunt, made comments, you know, dozens and dozens of comments about how they use grain and what they like about it and what maybe they don't like about it. And then maybe they went to Twitter and talked about it. Um, and so you, you help really share that voice of the customer as part of your marketing as well. Uh, with the public to maybe encourage the public to try out your product and And so this is a
0: good guys Jeff sorry to interrupt you but it's really interesting because you have to be so nimble so I'm curious since you did this product launch a couple weeks ago and you're just talking about the data and how that maybe shapes who the customer customer may be or some of the things uh, you're getting from that has there been any surprises as far as absolutely yeah
1: absolutely so um, one of my surprises was that when I first joined Grain, I started looking at the data, the behavioral data, and there's this tool called Retool where I did it. And I was first looking at like kind of user data at scale, and I was saying like, oh, wow, like a lot of people are just kind of recording, putting their recordings in Grain, and maybe that's what it's for. Maybe Grain's real chief value is um, just housing these Zoom recordings. Like that was my initial kind of impression. Hmm. Um, And then I was like, I talked to some people like Grain, he said, no, it's all about kind of taking notes in the notepad. And like, there's these productivity people who like to like put action items in there and then um, maybe like mark something interesting a coworker said, and maybe that's it, right? And then I looked at a different aspect of the data and I started saying like, well, what are like companies using Grain for like together? Like what's a company like Podium, which is a client of ours or Envision, Mm -hmm or um, Workfront, what are they using Grain for as a company? Not as individuals, but as a company. And I looked at kind of the trends and I I noticed that it was mostly product managers and UX researchers using the transcript from the call to highlight the transcript and then share a little clip Hmm. of the call with like engineering and design. Okay, So it was more about like customer interviews and then sharing that with the rest of your company. Right. And so I probably wouldn't have discovered that if I was just kind of listening to, you know, just one or two people in the company about what they think screens good for, or if I was just maybe looking at the user level and seeing like, what are our power users using it for? So I had to take a different look at it, which was the account level. And then what you do is you then get curious and you go actually talk to those customers. So then I called up basically with zoom and did interviews of people from podium that were product managers people from Workfront and heard from them, like, what do you like about grain? And then not only did I bring that feedback back to the product team, I then used that as part of my marketing. So I got approval from these folks to say like, Hey, I asked you what you really like about grain. Do you mind if I use it on the website? Do you mind if I tweet that out? Do you mind if I share that with other customers and so yeah. forth? Well,
0: I mean, you've worked for a bigger company that might take five layers of approval if you're at a bigger company. So that's kind of fun to do that and be able to just move so fast with those things. I think it's something uh, a lot of people who don't know about startups are like, Hey, Jeff, that sounds pretty dang fun. <laughs> you can move so fast <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's talk a, a little bit about Portland. Uh, again, are you the only employee here in Portland in, or is the team like distributed across a, the country or concentrated in the Bay Area? I'm just curious what that, that uh, dynamic looks like.
1: Yeah, so I have one other colleague uh, in the Portland area. Uh, he's an engineer. I'm super excited to have him here because it's like a friend yeah, right. right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the two founders actually relocated from Bay Area down to Southern California, okay. um, two of the founders. And then there are folks still in San Francisco. Uh, we have a colleague in Toronto have a colleague in uh, the uk uh one in central america like there's folks kind of all around the world
0: so you've been on the remote work train for quite a while it sounds like Mm -hmm. what what have you learned since the pandemic hit if anything or has it been learnings you brought from your previous experience because a lot of people like me um have never really worked remotely. And it's, it, it, it's quite an adjustment and I, I don't like it. <laughs> to be <honest> with you. <laughs> if you hear yeah. my one-year-old screaming, that might be a you know, thing. So it's, 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 it's difficult for people who maybe have never done it. So,
1: right. So, um, you know, I, I was fortunate. It was, I was fortunate that I made the shift before And it's not permanent. I don't think I will always work Mm -hmm. remotely. Like there will be another Portland company I'm sure that I will work in a downtown office with again. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just something I really wanted to learn because I kind of had a sense this is where the world was going. But one of the, Envision was amazing at it. They like, they've written a book on remote work. So I learned a lot from Envision. And one of the things I learned is the power of asynchronous communication as well as synchronous. I think people that haven't had to work remotely, it's easy to fall in the trap of just doing meetings to share information with people like, Hey, this is our roadmap or, Hey, this is our launch plans or here's some customer feedback. And you literally get in the meeting, make a bunch of people come and share it with them. And one of the things I learned from envision that we try to do at grain and other companies try to do is, is async communication where it's like, let me do the hard work of writing up an article in a wiki like notion And say, like, here's the problem. You know, a bunch of customers have been asking for this certain feature. They say it's because it's overcome this problem that they have in their day-to-day. Here are three examples of the customer asking for it. And I'm going to share this evidence with you, this voice of the customer with you, before the actual meeting that we're going to have at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, right? And so then when you actually get into the meeting on Zoom, you're 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 reserving that time for debate and discussion and questions instead of like presenting out to people. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you will dramatically improve your effectiveness as a remote worker if you start to move to that type of approach.
0: That is such amazing insight because we've all been caught uh in just moving what we were doing before to this where like you said it's a meeting and and it just doesn't, it's not as efficient. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, that's a yeah. big takeaway for, for me. Um, what's some other things just working from Portland? I mean, I love Portland. You've been here for a long time. You've worked for some great startups. Just talk about how it's grown, even though you've worked mm-hmm. remotely for these other companies and pros and maybe cons as far as, you know, working from Portland. Because we're still, I always say, a pretty small, you know, sized town, right?
1: Yeah, you know, um, so I love Portland. I moved to Portland for a reason right after, um, you know, college. And it was funny. It was a a, a friend's father, um, a friend who helped kind of like he was head of operations for Down Coffee. Um, His father sent me an article from Atlantic Monthly in the mail uh, right after uh, college when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And they painted this picture of Portland as this very conscientious, orderly place right? Where people were crossing at the crosswalks. They weren't just walking across when there was the stop. Like that was like, I think that was mentioned in the article. <laughs> uh, we had all kinds of like, you know, bike infrastructure and we had light rail and all these things that other cities have tried to do through the years to kind of emulate, you know, very progressive European company, uh, European cities we were doing. And that sounded very attractive to me because I had spent some time over Europe in college. And I was like, this is what I'm looking for. Um, second, what was really cool about Portland was that I wanted to work in tech. Um, You know, I had been working in the, in the music industry. My brother owns a a music venue in Louisville, Kentucky, where I grew up. And I'd gone, I was planning to go down that path, like work for a record label. And um, right when I was thinking about doing that, that's when kind of the Napster type situation started taking over. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe the music industry aside from like live shows um, will be transformed and maybe this isn't the best path for me. And I should do this other thing that's actually disrupting the industry and that's tech. And so I was kind of worried about moving from somewhere like Louisville, which, you know, has like a million people, but it's not San Francisco right. to a San Francisco or Seattle and Portland seemed like a good kind of mid sized town that had, you know, kind of more of a, a very close knit community plus had a tech industry. Mm. And what I found was that, right. And so shortly after moving here, I, I, I was hired by a consulting firm KVO, which was acquired by Fleisch and Hillard years ago Okay. Um, was, was hired by them to work with tech clients. And I, I was very fortunate. And so what I've really loved through the years is that um, it is a very tight knit community. You know, many of us know each other in, yeah. in the community. Um, there's a lot of opportunities to help out. Like I volunteer for Portland Incubator Experiment, um, which does an amazing job of giving back to the community. And, yeah. you know, I like to spend time just like talking to founders about their marketing and, and, and volunteering that, that that information to them to help them grow. And I think a lot of other people here like to do that as well. Whereas I think in more maybe cutthroat cities, people would be reluctant to do that unless they were getting paid. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and say I've been saying it over and over again. And just like you said, is that is special about us because the, 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 the degrees of separation or connection in Portland is pretty close knit and folks like you who are, you know, um, generous, generous with your time. There's a lot of people like that, and I think that makes it special. And I, I hope that doesn't go away. But I, I think it's kind of ingrained in us, especially in the tech community. It sounds like.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I love that about Portland.
0: Um. So, what's next for Grain? I mean, you're pretty, pretty dang new company. So, what's? Uh, I'd love to maybe hear what uh, you might. As far as the roadmap of you're getting these findings from the launch and and see what's what's next. I didn't know what the capital structure is like. Have you took investment or is it self funded by the the founders? Or I'm curious about that as well. Whatever you can share.
1: Sure. Yeah. So um, we're just getting started, right? Um, we you know had a wait list where we had private beta testers give us feedback. Uh, you know that had signed up to the wait list back in I think April, um, and around then. Um, we took investment. Uh, we've announced $4 million in seed funding, um, from a number of different, uh, VC firms. And, um, we, you know, we were able to get, you know, uh, a couple thousand, um, of these private beta testers that are companies, a couple thousand companies, uh, to give us, you know, great feedback that helped us shape the product and so forth. And then we just launched last week. So now anybody can sign up at grain.co and try out grain for free. Um, the next step is trying to uh, monetize grain, right? Not only get um, a lot of people to use grain to give us feedback, but we now have self-serve credit card pricing where if you want to, you know, upgrade, you can with your credit card. You don't even have to talk to a salesperson. And so that's a whole process to try to um, maybe drive certain behaviors and to create features that include, you know, encourage people to, to upgrade. So, you know, now we've launched, got a bunch of people coming in, it's been amazing uh, you know, how, how the launch went. And now it's going to be trying to make sure that we don't let them down right. and we continue to like build out features and smooth out the rough edges, uh, you know, to make it worth paying for So you're not going to be busy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and are you going to be, uh, staffing up obviously in pace with how the growth goes and I'm sure scaling pretty rapidly, hopefully. And, uh, hopefully there's some opportunities here in Portland for folks if they're, if they're listening, not to flood you with, Uh, reaching out for jobs, but hopefully that'll be a benefit. You can hire folks for your team, you know, here or wherever.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I love working with Portlanders and, um, you know, I hope that the, the presence here for grain grows. Um, it's great to be able to meet in person with folks. We are hiring for a role right now. Um, I'm as, you know, head of growth, I'm over both marketing and customer success Mm. right now. And so we, while we don't have sales people, we do have customer success people who, you know, meet with our clients and make sure that they understand the product and getting the most value out of it, um, as well as kind of serving this customer support function. So we're hiring for that role right now. Uh, We're right in the middle of that, uh, talking to a number of great candidates. Um, And then, you know, I think the next steps will be, you know, probably some, you know, engineering roles that we'll be hiring for later. Um, Definitely encourage people to like visit the website. you know, there's the about us page and see if any roles kind of pop up. we do see kind of a a bright year ahead of us as like remote work continues to be important. I
0: think it's a good time for your product.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm hoping. Yeah.
0: Well, Jeff, appreciate it. Congratulations on the launch. I'm really excited just to follow along and I'm going to use the tool for podcasting. So maybe not it's intended use, but I think it'll be really valuable for for folks like me uh, who are just kind of a team of one or two. So uh, thanks again.
1: Thank you. It's been uh, amazing talking to you today.
0: The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.